welcome to Answers to Questions Nobody Asked or at Q&A. I'm Walter Sawan. Today our guest is Amanda Smith. She's Hello. a local comedian slash film worker slash awesome dude. And uh, yeah, so Amanda, mm-hmm. tell me about yourself. Um, I'm, I don't know. I haven't even discovered myself yet. I'm 29. I don't know anything. Um, I, yeah, I've been doing stand-up off and on for, like, ten years, very poorly, um, and, you know. And what di- di- dictates, like, uh, you saying you've poorly done? Well, because, like you said, I work in film, so sometimes I'm, like, working 80-hour weeks for, like, six months at a time, and then I just meander back to a comedy show and, like, take me back, <laughs> and it doesn't... You know, so I'm I'm not like I'm not like a full time comedian. I wouldn't say that I'm able to do that because I've never made money off of it. So I have to keep a day job. But it's one of those things where it's like um, when you do it, you, like you do things like that, not for the money. Generally, I mean, yeah, no, for sure. I just unfortunately the only thing that I even have a relative skill set as is film, and that takes up like all of my schedule. So like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> You know, if I if I was at a point with comedy where, you know, I was doing it enough that people were confident in me to do like weekend shows and whether or not I was getting paid for it, like that would work. But, you know, at my level, really what I have available are weekdays. And when I'm working, I can't really do weekdays. So and what's the scene? What's the uh, the Vancouver scene like for comedy? Um. It's, you know, that has mixed reviews. A lot of people think it's different things. Like some people think it's very clicky. Some people think it's very supportive. Like I've heard a lot of comparisons that um, Toronto compared to Vancouver is, uh, you know, there's more of a community here. And um, sometimes, you know, while this was a few years ago, I heard that, you know, there was a lot more rooms in Toronto to perform at, but they wouldn't have much of an audience. And then here... There's less rooms, but they would always have an audience. And now I don't know how fully true that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's touch and go because a lot of people will come here from like the middle of Canada, like the prairies to like actually pursue comedy and um, or film for that matter or film or both, you know, and um, it'll be good for them. Usually, um, you know, there's a lot of people come here to pursue comedy and then in a couple years or whatever they decide the city's not for them for whatever reason because yeah, it's expensive as shit yeah I mean <laughs> I didn't want to say that but you know a lot of the time yeah um, and I mean people who are fully devoted to making it as a comedian usually work low paying jobs mm-hmm. like there's the few people that are like you know accountants or whatever um, you know that have full time gigs that allow them to perform every night but you know, most people can't really survive here. Um, I barely can, and that's why I made the decision to do film myself. So, but Canadian comedy in general, it's like there's, you know, corporates are a good way to make money if you can do clean comedy for like a 45 minutes to an hour. And how hard is that? That must be difficult as shit. I am not like, at a level. No swearing, no yeah. nothing, no questionable I mean, jokes. I I have a higher respect for people who can do that. Um, I'm clearly not at a level where I could do that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's one way you can actually make money as a Canadian comedian is by like doing stuff for TELUS and shit like that. No, for sure. Um, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of 
like TV shows that employ comedians anymore. Like, I mean, there was the days of like video on trial okay. where, you know, some I comedians. I love those would, days. Yeah. That's a good poll right there. Yeah. And so like. So here in, in, was it a Canadian? It was a Canadian thing for much music. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. So and back so. Back in the day on much music, if anyone doesn't know, because most of the people who listen to this, I don't know how old they are, but chances are they're not old enough to remember much of much music when they actually played music and funny things. But just give them a brief rundown of video on trial. Yeah, I mean, they would um, they would bring they would uh, play videos and then they would have uh, random people um, do commentary on the videos. And most of the time it was Canadian comedians. Um, They you know, they'd vary it up and have different uh, folks sometimes of like different professions. But most of the time it was comedians because they needed to get those laughs. So that was something that employed Canadian comedians, specifically in the Toronto area for a while. But that was like six comedians. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they varied it around. But I mean, that's what I mean is like that was like one thing that a lot of Canadian comedians well, not a lot, but that was one thing that could employ Canadian comedians. And then they tried like a couple game shows here and there, like on com- like, but really, you know, there's a few comedians that are trying to like make it in the acting world. And then, you know, they have difficulties with that. Um, and most people are under the impression that like to make a good amount of money, if it's not from your album plays from Sirius XM, which that's a whole thing that just happened. I guess I should probably explain. Um, a couple months ago, uh, Sirius XM tried, Sirius XM has a, um, sorry, has a channel called Canada laughs that would play independent comedy albums from all across Canada and then a few months ago, they announced that they were selling the channel to Just for Laughs. And so they were playing... This is another really good uh, Canadian comedian kind of uh, showcase, well, sort of. That, that's the thing. They, um, when Just for Laughs took over, they were playing old galas from like 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago, that were mostly American comedians. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyways, so all of the independent Canadian comedy albums weren't getting any um, any royalties whatsoever, any plays. And then so the whole Canadian comedian community just kind of blew up and took to social media and the news and everything and complained about it enough. And then Howie Mandel kind of gave up and they uh, started playing Canadian Which is another comedian. crazy thing before like Howie Mandel, like to think of Howie Mandel as actually like a comedian is really kind of a strange thing because he's been so famous for so long for television or like Bobby's World or like things like that. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, it's it's difficult wherever you live to make a make a living just on stand up and not do a TV show or like be a voice actor or whatever have you. Um, but even as a Canadian comedian, like, I mean, most people think you need to move to the States to make any sort of full-time, well, not any sort of full-time career. There's a lot of full-time comedians in Canada, but a lot of people want to move to the States, but they can't because it's like 10 grand for a performance visa. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's the price of it. So I got to ask, why would you pigeonhole yourself? Kind of like, uh, when someone's like, you know, I'm a native rapper or, you know, I'm an I'm an Indian magician. Like, why would you be like shortchange yourself by just because, saying I'm a Canadian? 
because the industry is a comedian, like well, Amanda yeah, no, Smith comedian. For sure. Or Absolutely. do you have business cards that say Amanda Smith Canadian <laughs> yeah. comedian? Ha ha ha. Um, no, that's ideally like I'm not, you know, successful at all. So it's like I can't really put myself in any category. But from what I hear from my peers is that the industries are very different like from Canadian comedy to American comedy. For one thing, most of the media that Canadians even partake in, like normal citizens, is American as it is. Oh, that's most of the most of the world. Exactly. So world. it's a big difference if you're a Canadian comedian or an American comedian. I mean... Or think about uh, uh, Kim Jong-il. Like, mm-hmm. he totally loves American pop culture. Yeah. Most like... Dictators love American pop culture secretly, weirdly enough. That's really strange, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, one could say that they're using it to study us. Well, it's the biggest way to study anyone. It's an yeah. it's an, an actual like eighty year archive of North America. Yeah. And by that mainly the United States, but like, you know, Canada's its tiny little cousin that well, larger cousin that like comes around and goes all like Oh hey yeah no yeah we'll just sit uh, we'll sit back and watch what's going on but you know we'll yeah. have a good time either way we'll all have some beers yeah well I think it's worked out for us because most people think that you know we're passive aggressive people that just drink all the time and Aren't fuck we? mooses or meese is it meese no that's no. the plural of mices yeah is it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I don't know that's a tangent um, but and yeah. that's what we do here on. Answers to questions nobody asked. Well, clearly somebody asked them or else we wouldn't be answering them. Well, the actual backstory, we've gone over it before, is uh, it's from an episode of Simpsons. Right, yeah. Where um, when Ned Flanders had gotten like basically the test of Job from the Bible and everything went wrong in his life and then the whole community brought together and rebuilt his house after it was torn down by a hurricane. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there's like they did it all wrong and everything and he finally snaps and he, he starts going off on everybody calling Homer fat to Bart stupid and then Lisa steps in going like hey Bart didn't do anything and she's like oh is that the voice of little Lisa Simpson Springfield's answers to questions nobody asked and that's our backstory right okay um yeah so as a comedian uh we were talking about this via text messages like well, what are we even going to talk about? It's like, well, I actually really want to know what your opinion is on the direction of comedy these days with the uprise of, for lack of a better word, um, unbelievable amount of butthurt pussies that walk around going, I'm offended by absolutely fucking everything anyone says. Yeah. On behalf of someone else. Not even for myself. I'm just such a champion of the human Mm -hmm. condition that I'm going to censor your jokes. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is there's pros and cons to it. You know, there's, um, there's, it's obviously frustrating when, because in the last few years when I've been writing, I, um, I even limit myself before I even get on the stage and I'm like, uh, this probably won't fly or whatever have you. And like, I'm. For what reason? What goes through your head when you're thinking that this probably won't fly? Are you worried about like. Like one percent of the the room, or are you worried about the whole room, or are you just worried about the whole? Well, I, you know, I got bullied a lot, so like a lot of why I'm not the most successful comedian in the world is because I'm like kind of obsessed with what people think about me, um, which I'm not proud of. But so I do like I'm I'm really 
that's why I need to, you know, get out there more and keep doing it because I'm starting to, in my writing, care way too much about anybody. Like, oh, you know, this is actually really funny, but there's going to be like one person that, you know, it's not even necessarily the 1% in the room. It's just, um, there's things you can and can't say. And it's all a gray area because there's always, you know, somebody getting offended. But there are pros to it because it does challenge you more, mm-hmm. you know, like, like I said, like a lot of the people that do are able to make a steady income, um, do do clean material. So if you can get away with doing an hour without offending anybody, then chances are you're actually going to be making some money. Yeah, but that seems... Yeah. No, like it's it to sucks the whole, to the whole process. It sucks for the whole freedom of it, you know, like obviously freedom of speech, yada yada yada. But it's just I find that any the majority of comedians that are gonna be asked this question on a podcast are gonna be like, Oh fuck PC culture, blah 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 blah. Like I wanna say whatever I want, which I do, and I will say whatever I want, but you know, you gotta know your audience, like you can get away with saying certain things in different countries and different um places it's like if you choose to perform stand-up in vancouver you know obviously you're gonna want to limit the things you say that are homophobic you know you're gonna want to limit the things against well to a point i would say i mean you can if you're a master crafter of a of a comedy bit you should be able to say those things but be able to turn it around in a way where it only pertains to you well exactly is that correct yeah i mean ideally what you want to do is if you're saying a statement about any sort of you know oppressed group or perceived as oppressed group if you you know, because I know Morris is going to be on the show, so I don't want him because I know he thinks straight white males are oppressed. So I just want to say everybody, whatever you well, think is oppressed. Aren't they? Probably. <laughs> I I don't want to get into it right at this moment. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Um, yeah. I. You should be able to do a joke that's funny and touches on those subjects and do it well. But you have to remember that I also. I am a struggling comedian, so I see a lot of bad comedy as Not well. Imagine. Like the majority of the com- comedy I see live is actually not bad necessarily because there's some really great people in this community. Um, but there's also like people that I'm not going to name names, but there's like a couple new people on the oh, you scene can. right there's now. There's no one that listens to this show. Yeah, so. that's true. But there's a couple <laughs> new people on the scene right now that literally like. One guy um, went, did a show and like, you know, was just hating on everybody and then called everybody running the show a feminazi like while on stage and well, then lit a, a cigarette that's, that's inside. Their own agenda. Like, yeah, no, I know. But like there's people who actually think that just insulting people playing up is comedy. Like they actually think they're being a stand up comedian by just saying offensive things with no punchline. Have you never heard of Anthony Jeselnik? Yeah, I have, but he actually has punchlines. <laughs> he has punchlines, <laughs> like and well crafted. Yeah, punch they're lines. very. It's very good wordplay, and it's very like they're well crafted jokes. Whereas you know, people just a lot of people just consume the offense 
and then don't write any material. And it's very subjective what is material and what isn't. You know, like there's some comedians in the scene that I've heard that be like, you can talk about anything, just be funny. And it's like, but what is funny? Because whatever the, you find funny, this like it's so mentally ill loser thinks that, you know, just insulting a bunch of people is funny. So that's an interesting point. I never thought about it that way, but that, that would be a really funny stand up, a uh, stand up show to watch where. <laughs> I mean, that would be fucking hilarious. Like, to, to someone like myself, who's just, like, born of the depths of just absolute hatred of humanity, like, something like that would be very entertaining to me because he'd be laughing at him directly. Yeah. Not because of what he was saying. I would literally find it so fucking funny that... Mm. But also ballsy that yeah. he went up and did it anyways. Yeah. Well, that, that's, um, you know, that's the problem is that a lot of people hear laughter and cannot you know like when I'm in a room and I'm doing like say an open mic for example when I'm hearing laughs I can tell where most of the laughs are coming from like whether they're comedians or which specific comedians and like every comedian well not every comedian but from what I've noticed the majority of comedians have a laugh at you laugh and a laugh with you laugh okay and And what's the difference in your opinion well the laugh at you laugh is that joke failed and it's so painfully it's so funny <laughs> that they're laughing at you. They're laughing at your awkwardness. Yeah, and, like and they're the laughing on your at skin. the joke and, you know, it's they think you're kind of an idiot for doing that joke. And then there's the um, the laugh with you, which is like, oh, that's actually funny and like maybe more bordering on the I wish I wrote that or whatever have you. So on the former, would you say that uh, a lot of comedians, a lot more comedians will do the laugh at you joke for having the balls to do whatever shitty joke that that comedian did? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, you know, especially it's kind of a boys club a lot of the time. So like you'll find the the perfect example is where I started doing comedy, which was Regina Saskatchewan. And it was a bunch of that like, was with an R, ladies and gentlemen. Get yes. your mind out together. Oh God. Um. Yeah. There. Were, you know. I. I started doing comedy. I started following. I. I wanted to do comedy in, uh, my late teens, and then I found out that there was like this independent show, uh, being ran in Regina, Saskatchewan, and um, kind of like just followed the small community of like early twenties dudes. They were trying to do this show and was there a lot. And, you know, some people that used to be my friends and like, you know, I'm not close with anymore. A lot of that show was people just trying to piss off the audience and doing the most outlandish things. And then you'd hear the loudest laughs from like the comedians just like laughing at like if somebody was actually failing. Oh, my God. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. It would be like. It would be like a huge, like, you know, boisterous laugh. And, you know, some people get confused. Like, laughter is infectious, so it does kind of work sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, dumb audience members will, like, hear a comedian do a laugh at you and then they'll be like, oh, I'm supposed to laugh at this. This is funny. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, when um, you said, so, Amanda has never... She made an interesting point while we were talking and having a cigarette before this. Is like I'm interviewing two. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Continue. I'm interviewing two comedians this weekend. So uh, Ryan's on un- Ryan Dunn's unable to make it today, but uh, I will be interviewing him tomorrow 
in response to what we record here today, which will also kind of be a preemptive response to what I do with my friend Morris, aforementioned by Amanda here. Um, he's also a local comedian. So Amanda had asked me, can you like show me a picture of Ryan on, on Facebook? Oh so, yeah, we were supposed to do this off of the air. Oh no, no. This is, <laughs> this is so much better. So if you all know Ryan, you all know Ryan pretty well. And uh, anyone who's part of our answers to questions that nobody asked uh, Facebook fan page, y- you've seen this amazing video of Ryan dancing. So I'm now going to show this live to uh, Miss Amanda so she can see what it is that Ryan, uh, Ryan Dunn is. Um, so this is the video of him dancing shirtless. One second, there's no sound here. Let me figure this does out. Does it really need sound? I don't think it really does, to be honest, because it just it just that vest for is itself. a nice choice. It works. It works well with his style. What I like to think about this is this is his version of the uh, the creepy dance from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh. <laughs> but this is just him getting dressed. Okay. I, I wish I had that. I wish I had somebody just throwing me clothes while I'm getting dressed. Right. Like, it would make life so much easier. That would be so cool. So coming back to it, I would say we were going to do I this. I don't think I know who he is, by the way. Not a lot of people do. Yeah. But then again, I'm... <laughs> but like, a lot of people do. <laughs> I I shrivel up in a hole and don't go to shows that much, so... Um. So we're since we have this interesting situation would what kind of questions would you say that you would like to ask either Morris or Ryan um my first question is for Ryan um where did you get that vest where did you get that stunning white vest to go with those stunning white pants and how did he not make them dirty as fuck well that's just being a good citizen I suppose Um, and then what other, there's other things that I wanted to ask you about, like, like, is there a huge difference between being a female Canadian or a female Canadian comedian in a male dominated environment? Or is it more equal these days as opposed to say like in the nineties when comedy was like, meh, but everyone still like went to the improv. Well, I mean, I, I never did comedy in the nineties, so I don't know. Like four. So yeah. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, but I don't know. aware of it. I don't know about the Canadian, like, I, I feel bad for saying the Canadian comedian, like, it's comedy, but it's just the industries are different from the, from Canada and the States. Oh, um, that was me saving a, 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 a vocal slip for myself, so that's mm-hmm. why I just added that in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, it's, it's a lot easier to be a female comedian now, I'll say, like, just from, you know, the... Well, it it depends. It people are a lot more accepting, and um, you know, it's there's a lot more. There's more than one comedian that's a woman on shows now. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, there was a time that I noticed when I was performing here and there that like it was usually like a quota of just like let's have one chick on the show, um, and you know so. There's there's more comedians. I think the biggest indicator is that there's a lot more female comedians that actually want to do it now. Like there's a lot of up and comers in in Vancouver from the last like five years that are all Canadian or 
you got that into my head now, Canadian, um, that are all women. You know, there's a lot of women that actually feel comfortable. Um, you know, there's the Me Too movement made men like I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but they made it made men kind of scared of women a little bit in the fact that like oh, I'm going to tell you right now men have always been scared of women no I know <laughs> but what I mean is that as soon as a girl is like I want to try comedy I'm going to go up on stage there's not five guys being like oh fresh meat I got a hit on her like that's not as much yeah, as, there is there is but it's not as like there's a lot of you know the more professional comedians that actually like value their career um that are men don't necessarily want to go there from what I understand because you know there's been like just in Vancouver comedy like I don't want to touch on it too much but there was a lot of cases of sexual assault that were added within the outed within the community and tensions were really high for a while and I even you know I I can drink quite a lot and um a little while ago I was like joking with a friend about how um you know I'm so glad that nobody is attracted to me anymore and that I don't have to deal with it. Um, and she, and she was like, well, actually it's probably more that like people are worried that, you know, some sort of sexual assault case is going to happen because you drank so much. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like at the time I didn't like care because I was in a relationship and whatever, but I just like, I was like, I'm glad I don't have to deal with people hitting on me anymore. Um, so it's like, I guess that's a thing that like some guys are scared that because com comedy happens in bars almost all the time. Um, so it's like when people are drinking, it's like you don't remember everything properly. And then it's he said, she said. And, you know, I don't know. I've I've heard that from people that they're worried about that kind of stuff. But I I don't know. Yeah, it's a slippery slope within that conversation. One hundred percent, because it can go both ways. I mean, if you want to talk equality, and I'm honestly all about equality, and I get chastised for it in certain ways where all of a sudden, if we're at work, not you and I, but mm. like, and all like, and this is controversial, I don't care though, but like, I'm at work, and all of a sudden, like, uh, a, a girl colleague comes up to me, or a lady colleague comes up to me, and is like, hey, can, can you lift this for me? And it's like, I just... I put my hands on my hips and I shake my head and I go, you just put the woman move back mm -hmm. movement back like 20 years. Yeah. What is what what is with equality in the workplace if you can't do exactly what everyone yeah. else can do? I will say that for five years of being a PA in Vancouver film, I insisted once I actually figured out how to properly carry a tent, I insisted on carrying a tent all the time to a point point where I almost got fired because I insisted on doing it so much and got into a fight with a key who was wouldn't let me do it because I was a woman. That's um, just gross, though. Yeah. And uh, anyways, but now I have a super bad back. So, um, you know, like well, lifting tents is all about leverage. It's yeah. really that simple. Like yeah. you, you pivot down on the, it's it's science. Yeah. You, it's science. I've also drunkenly fell through down a couple stairs sets of stairs so i mean While and not drunkenly tent? no i just mean like in general like so, i have a bad back for a lot so, of reasons so like, you, okay so you were saying that you had a bad back from lifting tents and then you're you're reneging that whole thing by saying you drunkenly <laughs> fell down some stairs yeah so um you, yeah, you were pregnant were you uh not you that i kicked? know of not that i know of um yeah um anyways back to you i don't know i there's 
back to the w- women in comedy thing, I um, it seems like it's a safer space for female comedians now. Um, there's not as many like stereotypical heckles of like you know um, show me your tits yeah like people don't is that, is that a thing that's actually been said i i've had it said yeah wow yeah i actually have. i'm actually offended no i, I, I i'm offended have. on your behalf it was um it was probably five or six years ago back when um there's a place that just closed down called Goldie's Pizza in Vancouver. I know it, yeah. Yeah, um, they, they've they been a home of comedy for a while. Really? But, yeah, before they closed down in the basement. Like, Whoa. there's the bar up there and then yeah. there's the basement. I didn't know there was a basement. Yeah, there's a basement. And it's right by Jesus. the bathroom on the right. And then on the left is the stairs that go into the basement. So um, they renovated that basement in the last few years um, before they closed down, obviously, where... Um, they made it half the size that it used to be and made the back area a um, office. So it made the commie show a lot more intimate. Um, but before it was a big open area and it could seat quite a lot of people, but it also wasn't the most intimate show. Um, so they made those changes. Um, but this uh, show me your tits heckle was um, was in the era when it was a bigger basement and um, a guy, again, not going to mention names, was uh, running a show. He um, he casually ran shows, I think, there on Fridays at the time. And I heard he either did a joke about it or I heard it behind the scenes that one of the um, major tables that was filling the audience was a swingers party. Hmm. Um, and Well, okay. In context, in context, you yeah. have to say... That that's a little different. That's not yeah. just some drunk, well, no, drunk no, lonely, was, horny dude. There was a drunk, lonely, horny dude. Um, I mean, honestly, it's I've had sexual heckles quite a few times. I know you probably don't believe me, but I've had them quite a few you. times that I don't. People are gross. I don't remember all of them, but I I know that um, I also when I was younger. I was a stupid, stereotypical female comedian, so I tried to do vulgar sex jokes sometimes um, just because I thought that that was all I was allowed to joke about. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a bad mistake that a lot of... I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do, but a lot of women, at least when I was starting out, you know, can be susceptible to do that, um, to think that they have to joke about sex. Um, now I try to avoid it, but I still do occasionally. Um but yeah, there was there was a guy that I think the actual like show me your tits thing um, was from a swinger. But I mean, just because you plan on fucking everybody in the room after the show doesn't mean that the other people that aren't a part of your party have to deal with your bullshit. Now, if, if, if it was the one of the ladies of this swingers club who had shouted show me your tits, would you be equally as offended? Um, Actually... Let me let me change that a little bit. The other night, um, today is Saturday. On Wednesday, I did a show, and um, it was a open mic, and I did a joke about sleeping with a flat earther, <laughs> and um, this woman who had a giant glass of white wine, um, who looked like a rich cat, Kitsilano bitch, um, she just decided to be involved even though i i made the mistake i it's because I you brought her, up flat earth 
I asked flat her. Earth no, is this like is like the, the biggest thing. thing like thing. controversial. I brought up the flat earth, and then she, first she asked me, "What is a flat earther?" So I have oh, to explain no. what a flat earther is. Then she asked me, "How did I find out he was a flat earther?" And then I explained that. And then she said, "Was this before or after you came?" Oh shit! Oh, that's gold. I'm sorry, but that's gold. So yeah. what's the answer? I I honestly I was so taken aback I didn't even I didn't even do my no, punchline of the joke. So it wasn't I was a, so it, taken it's aback. not a real situation. It's actually just a joke. You didn't you didn't actually have sex with a flat earther. I mean, there's no judgment here. Um, I may have. It's complicated. It may um. <laughs> That's a whole hearted yes. May affect. And I can guarantee it. Um, she had no idea, or she uh, or she did. It's okay. Oh man, um, I I'm gonna leave it to you guys. No. Do you guys think? Do you guys think she knew before that he was a flat earther, or after he was a flat earther? And then did you dump him because it was bad sex, or because he was a flat earther? Well, part of the joke is that I got dumped by a flat earther. No. Oh! <laughs> but I have recently learned that even though uh, we got into an argument about flat earth. That um, he does, in fact, think the world is round. So I just use that for inspiration. Spherical. Yeah, he. Because um, the according to the flat Earth model, other, it's still round. I don't know. It was a weird thing. Um, I, it may have been fueled by spite when I uh, did the joke, hey, but now it's funny because I have a decent punchline, which I'm not going to say on air. Hey, that's fine. Save um, it for seeing Amanda Smith live at any local Vancouver comedy spot. Right. Yeah. When she has the time. When I have the time. Yeah, I'm I'm like the worst comedian you could possibly interview for this. I'm just like, oh, you know, I just do it when I can. Um, That's, hey man, I do this when I can. Yeah. I do enough. music when I can. I do film when I can, like making films when I can. I work in film 80 hours a week, as you yeah. mentioned. But like, it, oh, and one of the best, uh, one of the best quotes I can say about Amanda uh, over the last little bit is because in Vancouver, we've had uh, a little bit of a dry spell for for film work. And there's like so many PAs, so many everyone in every, every department that's just kind of like going, God damn it, I'm stabbed. And I got a random message from Miss Amanda Smith saying, Hey, congratulations on working when everybody else is not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of felt bad, but it was like. <laughs> It's a total brush your shoulders off moment, homie. Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of angry, but I also like legitimately was like somehow you pulled it off, dude. Like I have no you. idea how. Honestly, <laughs> I really didn't because when when I found out that like there was a bunch of people not working, it was just like I went, but how? Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was such such a short of shortage. And even uh, uh, my friend Diane, she was like she works background in film when she's not circus performing and. She hasn't worked in film in like three months. Mm, it's been yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. Like I, what I say is that January wasn't as slow as it usually is. No, not by any standard. So I find that we're just dealing with that. And now it's time for another episode of Awkward Moments of the Anonymous. Where all you crazy freaks out there, phone us. Tell us our kooky story. Or just get something off your chest that you normally couldn't say to anybody else. You got Thad Kensington. The Quiet Storm. 
this thing on? When I was little, my neighbor tied a cat on a leash outside a house. I didn't like the way he growled at me. So I got my foam sword and kept hitting it. The cat ended up breaking free and running away. My 12-year-old nephew decided he didn't need to shower at all since his mom is recovering from being attacked by a donkey. Serious, you can't make this shit up. It's been way too long and was getting nasty. He spends all his spare time gaming via Xbox. So we came up with the idea of an illness with the slang name Gamer's Balls. Basically, we went to WebMD and other medical web, web pages and looked up scrotum injuries, scrotum abscesses, and other painful sounding afflictions with painful sounding cures that could happen from no hygiene when gaming endlessly. Cures like draining pus with a big needle, possible loss of a testicle, etc. Shots, he hates getting shots, etc. We copied these into fake medical webpage and printed it. He fell for it, scratch one for a stinky gamer addict. <laughs> As parents sometimes, the end does not justify the means. A little while ago, I graduated with my bachelor's which would normally be a cause for celebration. But my case is different. It took me eight years to be able to finish my degree. And in the process, I ended up lying to my parents that I was getting my master's. My mom is convinced that I'm going to medical school, but I don't think I have the GPA to get into one. And I'm missing a few prerequisites. So even if I managed to get really lucky with the MCAT, I'm still screwed. Honestly, I'm completely lost on what I should do. I realize that it is completely my own fault, but hearing my family calling and congratulating me on graduating is killing me. Oh shit. Well there you have it folks. Another episode of Awkward Moments of the Anonymous. I'm your host, Sad Kensington. Hope you all have a great, great night. And just like that, we're back. We've got Morris Bartlett. Yeah. Like why are pair. you? Yeah. Why are you saying that? Like you don't know how to pronounce my name. Like you. I may have temporarily killed enough brain cells last night to forget your last name. Yeah, you're hungover like, as fuck. Hey. <laughs> flashed. Oh man, so hungover, but it's such a good day. Cool. It's such a great night. Yeah, you had like a wild ass party across like four venues and you didn't get to sniff any vagina. Is that what you told me earlier? Yeah, more or less paraphrasing slightly, but yeah, basically right on the nose. Cool. And how was the show last night? Dude, it was dope. It was one. It was a really good one. Um, We had Kirk Fox uh, drop in. Who is this? Um, He he has Pardon a show. Ignorance. He has a showtime hour. Um, uh, he's like tonight show with Jay Leno, like, okay. like legit, legit. Okay. Got um, it. yeah, we're starting to get like pro drop-ins and shit, like, like real name pro drop-ins and shit. Wow. Um, so it was fucking, it was dope. We had like, I don't know, two or three solid meltdowns. Um, some genuinely funny people. Uh, we, we booed some people who were bad. Um, we like had a, as comedians, you booed. 
Yeah, then, it's like... a it's a somewhat participatory show. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh with we have one guy who's like he's a gimmick act and he I I don't know what his deal is. I think he's just he's a broken human, but he's um he's like he's one of those on purpose offensive dudes. Okay. And like I lean a little bit that way myself, <laughs> so I, I get it. I get it. But like he's uh he's not doing it very well. <laughs> right? Uh he insists on being brought up as Justin Chan, the Asian man. Oh snap. Yeah. I tried to talk him out of it one time and so he submitted another name for me to ring up him up by and it was Lee King Dick and I'm just, I'm not doing it. So anyways, but he, instead of, um, delivering us like, a like atrocious audience, just like audience killing, like, like awful piece of edgelord shit. He, he just explained the Hong Kong riots to us and it was like insightful and like genuine. And there wasn't a single fucking joke in it, but I mean, he he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna have a positive reaction on the show anyways. He just hasn't figured it out to that level yet. Got it. And we got like an education, and it was nice. And I handed out lucky charms to people that bombed. So last night last like night's show was great. Or little tiny boxes of lucky. Are there, are no, there I brought a box and bowls and f- spoons and milk a, from no, home. You, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That oh, would, that and would it was warm my heart after the first failing. night of our new intro song. Oh, please. Do you want to... Can I show you the new intro song? Mm-hmm. Um, I realize you asked me a simple how are you question, and I'm launching into a whole thing, but I'm excited. Oh, so no, I asked you specifically what you just told me. Live with it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, now, I have to tell the story of this first. I got a weird uh, sound clip from a Canadian in Edmonton that I don't know at 2 a.m. like three months ago. Okay. And it was dumb and in a stupid voice. And just like sometimes when you're a comedian, you just make weird shit. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not. Whatever. Right. So we did that. And then a couple months later, I found out he did that to a buddy of mine, too. Mm -hmm. And so my buddy. Is it a different clip? It's a different clip. Yeah. He seems to do it for specific people. Um, so my buddy, uh, spliced a couple things together, like straight up made new words in a couple spots, put a backing track on it and gave me this, which I'll play for you. <laughs> that's that's my new intro to the show. Oh, that's fucking so amazing. So the show's going well. I'm having a lot of fun. That's rad, man. Yeah. That's super awesome. Yeah, man. Wow. Fuck. And then what, what what's your favorite part about like uh like do you pick the comedians or is it just like full on open mic like do like Yeah, many? it's it's show up go up. Um uh I I massage the list a little bit to make sure that the show is good overall. But the idea is and that... And how much do you get paid for that from the comedians to bump them? I'm just playing. No, man. I do it for the love of the art. No, well, okay. Because open mics generally have this problem where, like, <clears throat> um, everybody, everybody who's good will, like, either they'll show... Depending on the mic, they'll either show up right at the front and then everybody who's bad just just carries on forever 
And then so audiences don't want to see that because it's just a huge pile of bad, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe the show will just be bad overall until like near the end when like two or three dudes who just needed needed a set tonight, needed to tell some jokes, drop in. But they don't know that that's going to happen. So the audience is already gone, right? Yeah. So open mics are a fucking hellhole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I did this thing where I, um, I just, I make it okay for us to enjoy bad comedy, right? Mm-hmm. So we have some good fucking comedians and I make sure that like I, I'm paying attention to the audience. I know what they can handle for yeah. how long, right? Okay, go ahead. You, you know, but like, so it'll be like a really good comedian and then a dude who hasn't figured it out yet. And then I'll a little bit roast that guy, mm-hmm. right? Which will help bring it up a touch. And then it'll be another dude who still needs to work on some shit. And there'll be like one particularly good joke in there. And then I know the audience needs like a solid dude for uh, there, right? Mm. And then a little bit of, you know, banter in between, right? I make fun of a lot of people. The comics have been really good about letting me make fun of them. Um, and that, that seems to help, right? Like audiences like it when you acknowledge, uh, like when you just acknowledge if an act didn't go well you know yeah. if you just walk on and be like oh i guess there are things that are too racist for black people to say <laughs> and then they get to laugh at that because the last thing was shitty right so anyways um so that that's got it yeah everybody gets to go up but you know i'm 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 i, I try to craft the right spot for everybody is what it is i got you yeah and then when it comes to your in-between parts like how do you how do you write your jokes? Do you reuse some sometimes or do you pretty much like, cause that's like basically doing what, like a ton of different little sets um, all in one night. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the hosting interstitials, um, it is still material, but it's, it's also, it's, it's low risk. So I can just do like a, like a one-off and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's okay. I so have something good, else. A good testing. And then you get to pick, pick up the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'll just write the one or two things that that set made me think of and mm-hmm. say those. And, you know, sometimes they keep them afterwards. Fair. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, man. And then, uh, I'm not sure what other questions I have. Like, we can go to the Amanda Smith questions. Okay. Yeah. You showed me those earlier. Just to give you a little bit of a heads up. Um, so we're going to go to a quick Shazadon commercial. We'll be right back. What? Provocative. Enchanting. Smarts. Amorous. Abs. Charming. Dividends. Infrastructure. Clout. Moisture. Softness. Rock solid. Comfort. Come on, come on down to mattress, mattress, mattress. We're having a, a, a we're having a fire. We're we're, we're having a fire. We're, we're we're having a fire. Send help. My name my name's Chet, and I run this business for twenty six years. And I recently received a letter from a member of the community that told me that I sold her the best crystallized methamphetamines that she has ever had. And I am proud to deliver that service. I'm Chet. Oh, right. Damn it. Damn it. Cool.
You have a fucked up sponsor for this show, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty intense. Um, I mean, they're what they are, but, you know, they pay the bills, so why not? I guess so, hey. Um, the funniest thing is the, the, the fucking... Uh, well, we'll get to that part. Uh, anyways, so we were just talking about... Uh, I was telling Morris about all the different uh, sponsors and commercials that we have here on Answers to Questions Nobody Asked. And, you know, it's a pretty sweet little gig writing the comedy things. And um, Morris was kind enough to say that he'd be interested in helping me write. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Um, So the next, like what I'm trying to do with this podcast, and I was just explaining this to Morris as well, where it's like, I want this to kind of feel like you're sitting at home and fucking back in the day playing some Grand Theft Auto, driving around, stealing cars, well, driving around. Well, that's still works. no. That's Grand Theft Auto, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I was talking the redundancy of driving around and stealing cars all the way back to back. Okay. Um, Would you like some more marijuana? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so basically, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is the ne- like I'm getting a lighting setup. I just got a new camera. Cool. And so I want uh, the lighting setup comes with a backdrop which I can fashion some kind of, uh, like, desk and be able to, like... Oh, like newscast stuff. Yeah, exactly. Nightly there, Report. Like I like that. That'd be, that'd be good, dude. Sweet. And totally, like, YouTube and shit. So, cool. like, this is not with, uh, not far from the realm of uh, reality, basically. Sweet, man. Because it'll be super random. Like, and then the commercials could get even further, like go even further and it could be a, like a, a host for like short films and stuff like that. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think that would be a really, really awesome thing. I don't know where this whole, this whole thing can go, but for that's, sure. that's why it's called. Answers I've to actually, questions. I'm Nobody actually leaning in that direction right now too. I'm looking at, um, I, I, I did, I did mushrooms and I watched doom patrol. So now I have weird ideas. I'm on a weird kick right now, but are you familiar with max headroom? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. So for the audience, max headroom is Matt Frewer. Well, yes, that's who played him. Um, he was a thing in the 80s and 90s. Um, he was like, a, ostensibly, the conceit was that he was like an artificial intelligence that was like owned by a corporation and did commercials and stuff. But also there was like a subplot of like a resistance that was hacking it. Anyways. Because um, <clears throat> of all the... Yeah, but he would say, he would say like weird outlandish kind of aggressive shit. <laughs> um and also introduce videos, like videos that now would just be like YouTube videos. He would like introduce them on a show. I got you. Right? Um, and so uh, I, I ended up watching some Max Headroom. And uh, I think I might want to introduce comedy clips in that same sort of style. I got you. And so I think I got to I think I got to go get myself a green screen for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty simple to do. Yeah. Like uh, like I said, this one comes with a, a white, black, and green backdrop, and it's fucking cheap as shit. I mean, it's super entry-level stuff. Sweet. But all of everything you see right here is all, like, super entry-level stuff cool, as well. Man. But it's That's just dope. a matter of if you can learn how to do the best with the shittiest thing. Yep. Then once you get to that next I level, agree. you'll just... You'll just I agree. Explode, or you create something that's totally new because everyone thought this thing was too shitty to do anything proper. Yeah, that's true too. And uh, all this doesn't always come down to like everyone. It's a very controversial topic on the internet. It's like you don't need that much gear. You need all of the gear. Like, uh, yeah, it yeah, make any yeah. Sense. It's, um, 
making entertainment can be a very expensive pursuit. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, luckily for me, pardon me, uh, luckily for me, um, Long and McQuaid exists and they've been helping like poor musicians make music and podcasts and build shitty little studios yeah. for like $40 a month for the next two years. <laughs> cool. And then you wait two years later and then you buy another thing honestly, that's a little more expensive. Honestly, I get it. And yeah, that's, for that's sure. How I've avast my stuff. Cool. Sweet, man. It's yeah. a pretty nice little studio you've made here. It's uh, cozy. I mean, originally I'd put it out in the living room and it just like, because I've lived in a, in a, like a room mm-hmm. for so long, this over like a year, which isn't a long time, but for like, for me, it was a long time, Yeah. but it was like different rooms. So I was able to move one room to the next room and then each room got bigger. And now I have like an apartment. This is a very Vancouver conversation that you upgraded out of a single room. <laughs> and honestly, I've also done the same. His fucking... But I just like moved into my single room. They have here. people living in closets in this fucking city. Yeah, it's kind of outrageous. Remind me, are you a Vancouverite originally? Uh, well, I've lived here. I grew up here partially. And so yeah? Like, yeah. yeah I've okay. been here off and on for like a long time. But I was Yeah, also in, in the rest of the country, people can like reach both their arms out all the way indoors and like not, not touch... The left and right of their entire home. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Where's they're, this? They're cramped in this fucking city. People are living in closets and shit. Oh, right. What is it? They're called uh, micro lofts. Yeah. Have you heard this? This yes. is just the most like ludicrous thing of all time. When I was looking for a place and luckily found this place. Like, yeah. And North Burnaby's fucking amazing because it's so central for what we do. It's yeah, yeah. Like everywhere. Yeah. There in 30 minutes. Like right. basically. Um, because I used to live almost downtown in one of the rooms and it was like. It took like an hour to get up to Langley on like sure. a busy traffic day. Blah. Yeah. But like I saw an ad uh, last time I was looking for a place. I saw an ad. Somebody's sunroom in an apartment. Oh, I saw that one. So that was a sunroom in an apartment. It was like $800. Is, uh, it's, it's a porch with glass sides. A solarium, yeah. You, you, yeah, you would just, you would live on a porch for 800 bucks. <laughs> like... 30 40 stories in the air and don't get me wrong i like a view that but like dope but having to like, live on a porch to get it is nuts <laughs> like holy shit i saw that exact one it was like uh, completely outrageous like yeah we're, we live in a very cyberpunk future you know it'll be fucking uh what are they called mega cities from fucking judge dread yeah exactly like that was actually a super under it like the first one was just campy and Stallone, obviously. Right. But like a good the most turn your mind off. Good, it though. was so good. Like, oh my God. Like like everything about it was super well done. And it was yeah. like super dark and like really dope. Well written, well yeah. acted. Carl Urban was great. Carl Urban is great, which is amazing because he only has one expression. Yep. That's yeah. And yet very fair. somehow every every time he's every time he gets a role, he fucking nails the shit out of it. He's a pretty darn good actor. Yeah. Um, what was it? Yeah, that's like um, the whole idea behind everything. Is I just want to like get my get my demo without specifically doing any demos. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Because I like this. I like having someone over and like let's let's have a chat. Well, and also you know, um, uh, uh, this replaces friendship. <laughs> no, I've been I've been doing that joke. Uh, I've been doing that joke lately um, where podcasts are simulated friendship. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need like I don't need to be chatting with somebody at work. 
because I have a podcast of people chatting in my ear. I can, that makes a lot of sense because like there's so many times I'm like walking around, even at work, like uh, not when I'm like key or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm just doing less intense stuff. I'm I'm, uh, Fuck. I sit there and I listen to like, I I went through on the last show and I'm not saying like I was actually working while I was doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with that. Listen, anybody who's listening to this is listening to it at work. So you don't, you're preaching to the choir right now. No, I just mean, I don't want to put like a bad name on, uh, on production assistance because right half of the people are all like sitting there on their phone which is fine sometimes but right like, anyways um yeah I, I plowed through like I would say 14 episodes of of uh last podcast on the left in like a single shift Jesus Christ it was so crazy <laughs> like have you ever have you ever listened to that one <clears throat> no people keep recommending it and I'm sure it's good but Mm, my roster's kind of full at the moment. That's also a funny thing is that uh, with you saying it replaces friendship because you choose the you choose the ones you hang out with. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I have I have no idea what any of those people look like. Like I honestly, but you don't. feel like you know them. But right? I feel like I know them from listening to like I think two hundred and something episodes in the yeah. last like couple months. Yeah. And they're on the episode like 300 and something. Yeah. So I've got still some I can yeah. listen to, but I pretty well listened to all of them. Right. And some of them are, I mean, it's all like true crime stuff and whatnot, right? So. Well, and then, so how many people feel that way about you, right? Like, how many people listen to this who <laughs> feel like they know you? <coughs> Not very many. Not very many. <laughs> so <coughs> we had, uh, we have about 140 followers on our on our oh. Facebook page, which is uh, okay. but we've been inactive cool. for two years. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now I'm just like I got the bug from I suppose from listening to like 200 episodes of a podcast. Yeah. To like get back on here and start cool making this happen because well, and then I, I like always love music. it when like old shit pops up again. Yeah, that's great. I enjoy that. <coughs> I, th- I think that'll probably go well. <laughs> we have. Uh, three episodes posted right now and I have like a total of I want to say at least 10 episodes that I can render down cool and I just like yeah no it's all just a matter of putting the commercials in and making it happen sweet man that's dope so I have a backup now which is great plus I've got the next uh next little bit booked up like yesterday was my first interview with Amanda Smith Uh uh-huh today is you Uh uh-huh and um who else you got Next, I got uh, next week. I've got a guy named uh, Seth. Okay, he's a music producer. Oh, and, okay. Um, he's like I met him through film as well. He's right. a special effects guy, and um, we're gonna make some tunes together. But I'm gonna interview him about uh, making music and sweet whatever he wants to plug. And so that sounds on. cool, man. Yeah, and Good. then Isaiah is actually the the week after that. If you know Isaiah, I do know Isaiah. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna talk about music production or just basically shoot the shit as well. Sweet man, that's dope. Yeah. And then, um, uh, I've got a hairstylist coming in to talk about sex, and he's a big, he's a big awesome bear. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I think I know the guy you're talking about, Mr. Jimbo. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Jimothy himself. Good. That'll be good. Uh, he he and I have wild many hours away, uh, trying to outgross each other. So. Oh, I, oh, oh, man! To be a fly on that wall. Uh huh. Like, uh-huh. Jim is a Jim is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love that guy. He keeps my uh, my hair in check. Oh. Nice. I stopped by his hair trailer and he gives me the old clip clip. Yeah? Yep. I wanted to I wanted to ask somebody on set to do that the other day, but it didn't feel appropriate. It's one of those things yeah. you gotta gauge it. And yep. like uh um 
I don't know. We were all stuck on the island in, in Campbell Makes River. Sense. And I was just like, think I could get a haircut because this chick at the at the uh, hotel, the, the hairdresser, like, screwed up my hair. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> he, like, fixed me up and whatnot, and I gave him a bottle of, a uh, big bottle of, big bottle of red wine with a large rooster on it. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. That's good. <laughs> and it was an angry looking rooster. Cool. Cool. <laughs> it just seemed appropriate. Fantastic. Um, hey, didn't you have questions uh, from Amanda Smith? Oh, right. We were going to put those in after the Shazadon commercial. And yeah, we, we got distracted. <laughs> um, so what would you say is if you were to ask Morris three questions, what would they be? And then I will post a video response on the answers to questions nobody asked Facebook page. Okay. Um... First question, why do you keep sending me things on my phone of women being sexist? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my first question. <laughs> um, I think I know the answer. But... What, like what frequency are we talking here? Um, Every, like, sometimes like, well, it was happening in the last month or so, like, you know, once a week, he'd like send me something like he sent me a picture of um, a urine, like two urinals in a public washroom. And one had a picture of a woman with a measuring tape. And then the other had a picture of a woman with a magnifying glass. And he just sent it to me. And I was like, yeah, I understand. Like, this is terrible. This is a terrible thing. But like, why do you think I'm just like a, the villain of all men? Like- Wait, was this like a live picture he took? No, I think he found it on Reddit. Okay, because there's like a, in Joey restaurants and corporate restaurants, some corporate restaurants and whatnot like that, they'll have like, they had over the urinals these pictures of women going like, oh, and if you can't see, obviously you can't see my face, but they're like making like gestures, closing their mouth, going like either how tiny or how big this guy's yeah, yeah, cock yeah. is while he's standing there at the urinal, yeah. urinal. And it's like, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. But like, I can see how like, say someone like, say someone has like, not a big, very big penis, and they're like really, really like sensitive about this subject. Well, yeah, the, and that's they walk my into this question for Morris. In response to Amanda's first question, yeah, why do you send her? Uh, oh, um, when we met, she was um, she was very, very, very feminist, um, and um, just kind of a bitch about it, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> And we didn't become friends until way later. Um, and then and then that whole that whole so, thing became like a point of argument for us for a while. And I don't know, then I just like that it bothers her a little bit. <laughs> kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I like grinding her gears about it. Sometimes it, sometimes it'll be a thing like that's actually fucked up. Um, but like, yeah, sometimes it's a picture of some urinals. <laughs> You know, what, yeah. What would you say is the most fucked up one you've sent? Um. Uh, do you remember uh, when Boko Haram kidnapped like two hundred girls? No. It was like four the, years ago. I'm really ignorant, but the only thing I know about Boko Boko Haram is that uh, they're associated with Frank's fluids from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I did. I what? <laughs> wow. Okay. Wolf, Wolf Cola was the official cola of. Uh, Boko Haram, which oh. Frank 
originally thought Fair was enough. Boca Raton. Well, in addition to their stunning work on It's Always a Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> they uh, oh, ki- this was a real they, thing. They Walter. kidnapped. <laughs> They, they kidnapped 200 uh, schoolgirls. That's not good. No, it's terrible. Um, and I was, was not a, making light of that situation. It's okay. I need, I need that to be very clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think everybody gets it. Um, um, And there was like a whole. And That's they walk my second into this... question for Morris. How big is your penis? Like, in inches. In inches. Like, I know that's a very offensive thing he is going to... Uh, like, oh, he'll be graphic. He will be very mad at me and say that I'm a terrible sexist person for asking that. And he, I don't want him to actually answer. But since you bring it up with the urinal thing and being offended by stuff like that, it's like, ah, I don't know. But I will say that, like, I... My vagina is very, very loose. Like... I, I will compensate by saying I am an easy, terrible person. And, um, yeah, you can destroy me however you want, Morris. So you require a man with a large tool, is what you're saying, in order to feel any sort of, sort of pleasure. I don't even know how true that is. But I'm just trying to, like, take one for the team here so he doesn't, like, keep sending me sexist, sexist women things. But um, are they funny? I you actually can't, take back that question. Can you cut out that question? I don't want to ask Morris how big his penis is. Cause oh, I Maybe. <laughs> You're going to keep it, probably, but I... Uh, half of vodka soda, man. And then what's your third and final question? Oh, God. How... Oh, this is actually probably... This will be good for the show. Um, Ask him how he started uh, hosting an open mic on top of a strip club. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. I Again, I've yet to go, and I'm really saddened by that fact, because every time it happens, I'm always DJing. Mm-hmm. And as of this go weekend, tonight. yeah, you should go tonight. Maybe I'll oh, go he's not, tonight. He's not there tonight. Mm. Um, I think it's tonight that he's like not there, or it was last week. I can't remember. You know what? I'm gonna text him and find out. Can but I ask a fourth question? To absolutely, spend the you hopes can. That you 
Never mind. I, I don't have a fourth question. Yeah, you I do. Just, no. just ask it. This is literally nobody listens to this show. This is just hilarious. Um. No, I, I have nothing. I literally have nothing. Well, I've gotten a good enough cross section of your voice of you saying a bunch of different words in different intonations with question marks at the end. So I could pretty much edit something together where I can make you ask him anything. Yeah, go for it. I may or may not do that. Okay. All right, folks. This has been Answers to Questions. Nobody asked. I'm your host, Walter Swan. Well, thanks for coming out, Amanda. Thanks for eating pizza. Thank you for having me. And drinking some vodka sodas with me. And by that, I mean half a vodka soda. All right. We're going to go smoke a cigarette. I heart your faces. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. So the question was, how did you, uh, how did you get into opening or starting the open mic night and getting it in a strip club upstairs? Oh, um... Well, uh, I didn't open the room. Um, there's a producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, uh, his name is David Newham. Uh, he's uh, he's a theater guy. Um, he's been he's been putting together like like medium stage shows. He re- recently put on Richard the Fifth, Eighth. I don't know, whatever Shakespeare. Um, and uh, he just decided uh, he he spotted the room. Which is a, a beautiful old like century old jazz room that has a documented history of having like amazing famous uh, black musicians uh, from like the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s in it. Wow. Um, you know, uh, piano. The piano is still up there uh, that uh, Stevie Wonder has played. Right, like that kind wow. of a thing. That's yeah. Cool. So there's a room up there, wow, I and didn't he know spotted that. I mean, it for I've, a theater purpose. Yeah, I've only been in there to look at boobs. I know. <laughs> no, it's like a genuinely, it's a cool historical building. That's amazing. That's also a trashy stripper place. <laughs> um, I love I mean, it. It's a pretty great. Uh, I mean, it's no number five, but it's it's honestly fantastic. It's pretty great. Um, but so he spotted the room up there because there's also a small black box theater in the back up there. Um, and uh, he just decided to put on comedy. He's just a fan, and he decided to produce it. Wow. Um, and so uh, he did that. He found uh, he found a comedian to work with who kind of later evaporated, but uh, that's fine. We all found the place quick enough, and 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 now it's a now it's a comics hangout a little bit. Um, and uh, as to why I open it, it's or why I host the show, it's. Um, because I'm a really good host. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've done it. I mean, that's not to brag. I, I say that in light of the fact that I'm a mediocre comedian Sorry, in general. I, I, I can't hear you over the sound of you sucking your own dick. Yes. <laughs> it's all seven inches of it. Uh, no, I say that in, in light of me being a mediocre comedian in general. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a decent goddamn host. And so I did it like two weeks in a row just on a whim. Um, and then he asked me to do it permanently and now it's the show. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I love it. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I'm definitely. I had to, t- I like, I went out crazy last night, but I tried to convince everyone to go to your show. It yeah. was good. It was like, I really gave okay, it like we a didn't huge need effort. You. We had a great show without you. Clearly. Yeah. You, Clearly. you missed it. I, it, I did. Yeah. I'm not having a FOMO moment though, because that's, that's dumb. Okay. It was a good night either <laughs> Sweet. Good night. Um, all right. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you for listening slash watching Answers to Questions Nobody Asked. This is Morris. Morris Bartlett. Come see me every single Saturday night at the Penthouse Strip Club in Vancouver. Uh, show starts at 11. We'd love to have you there. Hell yeah.
titties and comedy. <coughs>